0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to Intel's Conversations in the Cloud podcast. I'm your host, Jake Smith. Today, we're joined by a good friend of mine, Nikhil Dashpandy, Director of HPC and AI Innovations. Welcome, Nikhil. Thank you, Jake. Very nice to be here. And Sid Kashyap, who is Deep Learning R&D Engineer on Nikhil's team.
1: Hey, thanks for the introduction.
0: And we're going to talk about machine translation, we're going to talk about the work that we're doing, and we're going to really talk about where we see the future of machine translation and the work that this team is doing to solve these problems. So, Nikhil, before we jump into
2: machine translation, can you give us a little background about yourself and about your team? Yeah. So, Jake, thank you for having us here. Both myself and Sid are excited to be here and talk about what we do at Intel. I have been at Intel for about 20 years. I have done business analysis, technology analysis, and technical development in Intel labs around security. As you know, you and I go a long way back about that. And then over the last few years, I have been managing engineering advancements that are happening inside Intel around Deep learning, specifically machine translation and neural language processing. Our team is responsible for making sure that we are tracking all the advancements in neural machine translation and ensuring that we are providing the right sort of technical capabilities on the hardware and software side so that our customers get the maximum benefit out of our hardware and software composition. On my team is Sid. It's interesting, Sid is actually based in Scotland, a beautiful city of Edinburgh, and he's the lead researcher on neural machine translation, working closely with customers as well as the academia, keeping Intel and keeping customers one step ahead on what to come and how to address those issues coming into the marketplace. Sid, can you give our listeners a little bit
0: about your background as well?
2: Sure thing, I'm Siddharth Kashu. And I have been with
1: DPG for the last five years with a focus on pathfinding and co-design. And the areas of interest are currently neural machine translation, Bayesian deep learning, and graph analytics. And it's basically at the intersection of high-performance computing, computer architecture, and artificial intelligence. And as Nikhil mentioned, It's an exciting area and a lot of good things are happening in this and Intel is at the forefront of many of these innovations and through the collaborations that we have with academia and multiple industry partners, now we are bringing in these innovations to Intel platforms across various product verticals.
0: You know, that's super exciting for those of us who really like the research that you guys are doing. But for those who are maybe not initiated in NMT or neural machine translation, can you talk a little bit about the role of machine translation in business?
2: Yeah, I think, Jake, that's the right way to start thinking about this because whatever we do at Intel, we want to make sure that it is adding value to our customers, it is providing them a significant business advantage. Now, if I look at machine translation, simply speaking, it's a task of, you know, taking a source text in one language and automatically translating into another language. Now, where would this be happening? So here's an example. Any transnational or a multinational business that is dealing with customers across the geos. And then we can take an example of, you know, an e-commerce use case where you have customers across the globe. The globe is not using single language in communicating. So you could have a buyer and a seller in different language regions. And a seller might be posting something on the e-commerce website or e-commerce application in one language. And the buyer might be looking at it from a different geo with a different language in mind. And they might try to communicate with each other in different languages. Enabling that communication basically enables the trade. In my mind, machine translation, before we go into neural machine translation, that's the fundamental machine translation, is crucial value generating capability for any multinational transnational business because it enables fundamentally a cross-border e-commerce. And you can see CSPs, for example, cloud service providers providing APIs and services that allow customers to our end users to translate from one language to other in terms of various usages. And that's what excites me. This is something that is absolutely needed as we think about the world as not as a homogeneous, but heterogeneous, beautiful, diverse enterprise that is going to work together to drive the global economy. Wow. So I guess machine
0: translation is a pretty big deal. So (laughs) Sid, all joking aside, because it's a very big deal, can you talk a little bit about NMT performance metrics and the things that we're researching in that space?
1: Sure thing. So as you know, the machine translation systems of today have improved phenomenally, right? Like we've all used Google Translate and Microsoft Translate and other services. And uh, to just realize the fact that we can actually translate from one language to another at our fingertips is something that is phenomenal. And we can all probably agree on the fact that they are not yet perfect, but they are good enough for a wide range of tasks. Now, What constitutes good enough is dependent on the task. For example, the translation quality requirements for chat and various things that we do on a daily basis are vastly different from the translation quality requirements for medical or legal texts, right? So the metrics of evaluation of a translation output are dependent on the context in which it is being used. Now, all the automatic translation metrics that are currently being used is based on a comparison of a system-generated output to a gold standard output of a reference quality. Now, one such quality metric that has been used predominantly by the community is called BLU. So it's spelled as B-L-U and pronounced as blue for the most part. And that's an acronym for bilingual evaluation understudy. Now, we suggest that it is not as good as a human translator, but a substitution and the name understudy gives the clue. And the idea behind Blue is that it not only just counts the number of like translations to a golden reference, but it also pairs with like what's called as n-grams to match the translation. So the long story short of it is that we've come a long way in making systems that translate from one language to another. and. There is no clear guidance on what exactly is the translation quality that is universally the best. It depends on the context, and it depends on the use case that we are trying to use the translation output in. And to measure all of this, the community has come up with various metrics, and blue is one such metric.
2: And Jake, one thing I really want to emphasize what Sid just said. Blue is just an idea. It's not an exact metric, right? It's just an idea that how close your machine translation, the neural or statistical, whatever it might be, close to the professional human translation. So blue score is not really a strict metric that you have to hit that blue metric before you can see the value from that machine translation. And Sid gave you a very good example of legal versus some sort of other type of translations. In the legal parlance, we cannot have any excuse in terms of you know substituting words for one versus other. It's very specific. It has impact on what the meaning is. So we will need a high blue score there because we want to make sure that your quality of translation is almost equal to as if some human actually went through this, which is professional in that the target language, and actually translated. On the other hand, if you are looking at use cases that are non-legal, you can actually get pretty good translation, even if your blue score is not actually skyrocketing. And that's a crucial point that we looked at when we did our experimentation and when we published the blog that Sid and our team wrote, talking about how Xeon is actually providing significant value with respect to neural machine translation.
0: So can we talk about the value that we're adding, not just in the context of performance, but talk about the value we're adding in the frameworks? Because we do invest a lot in software beyond just the CPU. Can you talk about the other efforts we're doing to really bring the entire community together?
1: So basically, to exploit the performance that is available in the underlying platforms, as you mentioned rightly, Jay, is to be done through an exercise called Co-designed, So we need to essentially make sure that the software that is written to perform such tasks like machine translation and others needs to be very well designed such that it can be optimized to utilize the underlying hardware. Now, to be specific on one of the frameworks that is widely used in the machine translation community and used by us for this task, which is Marion, there have been a number of things that have been done to make sure that the underlying performance is actually exploited. So one such thing, for example, is the addition of vector neural network instructions that uh, was added in the Cascade Lake systems recently. So it is called avx 512 and To exploit that performance, so the team in the University of Edinburgh, whom we collaborate with strongly, have made sure that they've written their own custom in library to exploit that. And along with that, they also make sure that the framework in general has optimizations in place to make sure that the AVX 512 generic capabilities and the memory bandwidth that is available on the system is very well utilized. And also the fact that there is enough compute to do these translations is actually very well used by the frameworks that are in place today. So the long story short of it is that the Software and hardware co-design needs to happen for us to exploit performance and achieve the performance that we need for any use cases that we are looking at for deep learning.
0: So when customers go to deploy, why is it so important to use Intel Xeon second and third generation scalable processors for production environments?
2: So first thing, how we look at this, I want to give you the context on how we look at customer requirements. And then we will explain how we think Xeon is bringing significant value there. And then we will talk more about it. The Sid has significant amount of analysis done in the blog that listeners can go to. But when we look at customer experience, it comes under, hey, what's the quality of translation they're going to get? And how fast they're going to get it? It's not only important that you get the high blue score that is right for your target use case, but you also get appropriate lowest latency so that you can do this faster, right? There are online use cases where you need to have faster question and answers or response, but there are also offline cases where you could tolerate a little bit of latency. We looked at these two matrix and we made sure that when we did the analysis around the work that our team did, we make sure that we are actually finding the best possible combination of accuracy that you need and the latency that you are needing for that particular use case. And that's the beauty that we think Xeon is. Xeon is in that sweet spot that allows you to take advantage of everything that Xeon traditionally provides, the broadest software framework that Sid talked about and the capabilities that we bring to the table, but at the same time providing you absolutely perfect when diagram of the right level of blue at the same time right level of latency that provides you the best possible end user experience in any application that you're running. But Sid, I want to hand it over to you to kind of explain the details of what we did in our blog and in our experimentation.
1: thing. so basically I'll take a step back and mention one fact that the optimal point of the translation quality And the speed at which we do the translation is something that the community is constantly looking at. And to measure this, there is a workshop that is organized by the NLP community called the Workshop on Neural Generation and Translation. And they have a shared task, which basically challenges the community to measure the trade off between the translation quality and the translation speed that Nikhil just explained. So this measurement of the trade-off between the quality and the speed is done on a standardized hardware and this year the chosen platforms were the intel platinum 8275 cl on aws and also on nvidia t4 accelerator that is again available on the aws instances now what did the community measure so basically the workshop measured the throughput and the size of the model. So what is the best possible words per second that we can do? And then latency was measured on the submissions to evaluate the translation time. So this is the key point. So the throughput, the latency, and the size of the models. Now the latency results on the Xeon systems that were submitted by the University of Edinburgh led by Dr. Kenneth Hayfield, showed that the results on Xeon were 2.64x better than the competitor platforms. Now, the submissions also broke the 10 millisecond barrier, which has been quoted to be the metric for real-time deployment. Now, this is a key fact. Breaking the 10 millisecond barrier on Xeon allows various business use cases to deploy real-time translations onto their business logic. And we've also showcased that the submissions have 2.64x better latency than the competitor platform. So there is no need, for example, to offload onto an accelerator when we just want to do translation from one language to another. And both of these put together basically provide a template for us to utilize Xeons to not only achieve the best performance in terms of latency and also throughput because of the fact that we remain competitive both on throughput and on latency. And it also provides the ability for us to basically tie everything together tightly onto the business logic. Now we can see the value proposition, right? So the business logic can reside along with the deep learning logic. And ultimately we have a system that is available that allows us to deploy machine translation under any real-time constraint that the business has.
0: Well, you know, that's the beauty of Xeon, and that's why we're so excited about the product line. But, you know, our listeners need to learn more and will want to learn more. So where can they find out more information about machine translation services from Intel?
1: I think there are a wide variety of information that is available on exploiting Intel hardware to achieve the best performance. So I would recommend listeners to take a look at the reference that has been put up in the description of the podcast. So that provides a template for anyone to utilize Xeon for best machine translation latency deployments.
0: All right, gentlemen, the final question I like to ask every one of our guests, can you give us a look into the future of NMT and machine translation.
2: So I think uh, Sid actually hit on an important point, which is the combination of blue score, the accuracy, the latency, and the throughput. As I described before, Jake, I get excited with this use case because this is the use case that makes international commerce happen. Okay. Machine translation is old actually. The machine translation started with a simple technique using statistical models. Right Now we are moving into neural machine translation, which is using applying neural network technology to drive the machine translation. We still have long ways to go because we are still figuring out what's the right sweet spot across these three vectors that we talked about. And as we go in future, I'm looking at not only creating some sort of uh, accurate inference around the text that is in one language to another language, the translation, but also adding more contextual information that goes along with that particular language. The blue score right now we talk about is generally, you will see 32, 34, and so on. I want to really see in future where machine translation is so natural and so fast and it has so little latency that you are actually not even understanding whether your machine is doing it for you or a human has done it for you. And that's the holy grail for me to look at and say, where can we get there? When can we get there? How we can get there? While actually explaining the receiver how this translation was done. That's the idea of explainable AI, application of explainable AI to neural machine translation, making sure that we are able to explain to the receiver of the new language that this is how it was translated so they can fix any other kinks that they might be there in the neural network. That's what excites me. So as I look into the future, I see that the world is going to go into the mode of, you know explainable AI, the AI that we can trust and we can actually use in a very unbiased manner because the language continuously evolves. A lot of events happen that were not perhaps captured in the older corpus. We need to make sure that whatever we come up with in terms of machine translation future is actually taking advantage of every technology that we have today and future, which is explaining how it was done understanding what were the gaps and fixing it and continuously keep on doing that feedback loop so that it gets better and better and better and eventually reaches the highest blue score at the lowest latency and at the highest throughput.
1: And just to add to the point, this is just the beginning. So neural machine translation has already enabled some of the things that would seem magical just a decade ago, right? So we can translate from one language to another at our fingertips, as I mentioned earlier. And this basically opens up the entire knowledge hidden into texts to the entire world. So the planet doesn't speak one language, and there is a lot of goodness written into everything around the world. So I think The rise of neural machine translation as a technology and as Nikhil mentioned, as the quality grows above and beyond what is currently doable today, I think we will open up the hidden knowledge that is encrypted into text these days will basically enable a fantastic world in the future wherein everybody is able to communicate with everyone across the globe without any hindrance, and we should be able to enable that by utilizing the technologies available today and also take it forward such that we can open it up to the entire world in a very, very accessible way. So that really excites me to know that we are actually working on some of these technologies.
0: Well, it certainly excites me, and as a person who can only speak two languages in a world that's filled with millions of languages, I look forward to our continued progress. So on behalf of Nikhil Dashpandi, Director, HPC and AI Innovations at the Data Platforms Group within Intel, and Sid Kashyap, Deep Learning R&D Engineer, I'd like to thank them for joining us today, and we wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be in the world. I'm mm-hmm.